Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak to us, that we would hear your word, and it would bear fruit in our lives, all to your honor and glory. So it is in Jesus' name and for his sake that we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated, and children age 4 to 11, if you haven't already, I invite you to head to the back for your special program. Your teachers will meet you there. As you're getting settled, if you would, turn with me to Luke chapter 10, which was read just a moment ago. Luke chapter 10, if you'd like to follow along in the red Bibles in front of you, it's page 868. Luke chapter 10, page 868. Looking at verse 2, Jesus says, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I'll set the stage for a moment. Jesus has come on the scene. This is somewhat early in his ministry. Jesus has come on the scene and he's preaching and teaching about God's kingdom. He's done miraculous things. He's called a group of 12 to follow him very, very closely. But he's also started to gather a much larger group that likes to follow and hear what he has to say. He's already sent out that core group of 12 in a brief mission. And now he turns to the larger group and sends them out on mission in his name as well. It says he appointed 72 others to go out in his name, and he sends them on mission to areas that he's about to go himself. And as he sends them, he uses the image of a farmer sending out workers into the field to harvest and bring in the the crop. He uses that image to describe what he's telling them to do. He says the harvest is plentiful, but there aren't enough workers to bring it all in. There's work to be be done, and workers are needed in order to do it. The time is now, it's ready, there's urgency to this, it needs to be done now. He's saying, look, the harvest is great, it's large, and it's ready. There are so many people who do not have a saving relationship with Jesus, who do not know the love and hope and salvation and the new life that only come from knowing Jesus and being united to him in faith. He's not one way to those things. He is, as the Bible says, the only way. The harvest is large and it's ready. And so he tells his followers to do something very specific about this large and ready harvest. This great number of people in the world who do not have saving faith and do not know the truth and love of Jesus. Tells them to do something very specific. The situation is urgent and there's life and death work to be done. So Jesus tells his followers, tells us, to do something very specific. There's work to be done. It's urgent, therefore, pray. Look at verse 2. Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There's work to be done. There aren't enough people to do it. It's urgent. Now, now, now. Therefore, pray. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. 
The harvest is plentiful. People are ready to hear the message of Jesus, ready to experience His love and salvation. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly. Jesus tells His followers that there is work to be done, there is a harvest to be gathered, and the first thing they are to do, the most important thing they are to do, is to pray earnestly. Prayer is not the last thing we do. Prayer is the first thing we do. Prayer is not what we do when we can't do anything else. Prayer is the first and the most important work that we do. The minute Jesus alerts his followers to the work that's needed, you're going to have to get your hands dirty and go to work, the first thing he tells them to do is therefore, because you're going to have to get your hands dirty and get to work, therefore that first part of that is prayer. Pray earnestly. There's a great big harvest that's ready. There are lots of people who do not know Jesus. And step one in completing that mission is earnest prayer. Turn to Jesus. Get on our knees, figuratively and literally, get on our knees and pray. The most important step in this mission is focused, intentional, earnest prayer for the mission of God. And that brings us to a very interesting and very important principle about prayer. Often, God chooses to wait to act until His people pray. God often chooses to wait to act, to wait to do what he wants to do until we pray. Now, does God need us to pray in order for him to be able to act? No, of course not. It's not like God's hands are tied together and our prayers somehow release him so now he can do what he wants to do. He's all-powerful. But he often chooses to wait until we pray. And then when we do pray, he loves to answer our prayer and do what he wants to do anyway. Jesus wants to bring in the harvest, to lead others into his kingdom. So he tells us to pray for that. To pray for the very thing that Jesus will do. To raise up and send out more workers to do the work that he's called them to do. Pray, because so often God chooses to wait until we pray. And then we get to be part of his mission as he answers our prayers. Prayer is the most important part of this mission. I will say that it was fascinating this week, because um, as I prepare to preach, I always read some commentaries to get make sure I'm not going in the wrong direction and help me and such. Um, and I was reading some, honestly, some very, very good commentaries written by some very good and well-respected authors. And it was fascinating to me to realize that none of them, none of them, emphasized Jesus' call to prayer. One of them mentioned prayer in two brief, unconnected sentences, just mentioned the word. One mentioned prayer one time. Two of them literally did not mention prayer at all when talking about this passage. 
Now, perhaps they didn't emphasize it because they just felt it was too straightforward to waste space in their commentary. Maybe. More likely, in my opinion, that is that the utter lack, utter neglect of an emphasis on prayer is rather quite symptomatic of our time. Because how could it be that Jesus is charged to his followers to pray, which, if you read the sentence, is grammatically the main verb of the sentence. It's the central focal point of the whole sentence. You have to do some backflips to avoid the call to pray. How is it that we read this charge from Jesus and then just breeze over and skip over the whole point that he's making? It may be because we just don't want to hear that earnest prayer is central to our mission and calling. It may be because the reality is that there is a spiritual battle going on and the enemy does not want us to see the part about prayer because prayer is the most powerful weapon that we have. It may just be that our tendency throughout the Bible is to skip over the parts that are hard for us without even noticing that we're doing it. But whatever the reason for our blindness towards this call from Jesus, his point is clear. Jesus says that there is urgent work to be done, urgent work of sharing the truth and love of Jesus with the world. Therefore, pray. There's urgent work to be done. Therefore, pray. Now just think for a moment about the nature of the work he's talking about. He says the harvest is plentiful. There are lots of people who do not know Jesus. That's what that image is. There are lots of people out there that don't know Christ. and The harvest is ready. Go bring them in. Many, many people in our families, in our communities, and also to the ends of the earth, there are many people who are far from Jesus, living and dying without salvation in Jesus, dying apart from God, still in their sins, who unless they come to faith in Jesus will never experience the life in God on earth or in heaven. And the Bible talks about people who do not know Jesus, who are still trapped under their sins, the power and the consequences of their sins. It speaks of people like that as being a variety of images, but things like blind and deaf and ultimately dead. The call by Jesus to go bring in the harvest is the call to bring in those who are spiritually dead without Jesus and to call them into life in Jesus. This is the call to go raise the dead. Jesus says to his followers, there are a lot of people out there who are dead in their sins. Go raise them to life. Go bring in the harvest. Raise them to new life. Go raise the dead. Now, if God told you to go out to a cemetery or to go in the back in our chapel to the columbarium where ashes are laid to rest, if God told you to go to one of those places and go raise the dead, who would you take with you if you had the courage to take someone with you instead of doing it entirely privately? Would you take the best preacher who could preach the best sermon to those dead bones? Would you take the best graphic designer who would make the message look extra appealing and eye-catching? 
No, the absolute audacity of the call to raise the dead, the only possible way to do that would be prayer. You'd take the intercessors and the worshipers. Because if this is going to work, those are the people that God's going to use to do it. The only possible way to accomplish the mission that God has given is through prayer. Prayer that God himself will use our feeble efforts, but that God himself will do his work in the world. That's why Jesus says the first and most important part of this work is prayer, because you can't raise the dead. You can't give sight to the blind. You can't defeat demons. But God can. Therefore, pray that God will do his work through you, he says. It has to be God's work, therefore pray. Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord. There's mission work to be done, therefore pray. And then he does, just after this, tell them then to go. They pray, and then they are sent out, essentially, to be the answer to their own prayer. Pray that God will raise up laborers, raise up missionaries to bring in the lost, and then he sends them to go be those missionaries themselves. Essentially, go be the answer to your own prayer. There's no space here for praying for others to go while I just stay put. Jesus is, send, is saying this to remember these 72 others this is not directed exclusively at the, the core 12. It's not directed just at church leadership. It's not directed solely at ordained pastors or church staff members. It's directed at the wider group of followers, all Christians included. The call to pray and then to go is directed at the wider group of Jesus' followers. That's us. That's you. Jesus himself is bringing his kingdom, giving sight to the blind, raising the dead. The harvest is ready. And if we would just join in praying earnestly and going in his mission, we would get to be a part of the glorious, transforming work in the world. Because in Jesus, God himself has come among us. And Jesus enters into the messiness of our world and he brings healing and forgiveness and love and wholeness. Therefore, pray that God will raise up more and more who will share this love and truth with the world. And may we then get to be part of the answer to our own prayer, going out to our community and beyond, in Jesus' name. Now, Jesus is speaking to Christians. He's speaking to followers of him when he says all this. But perhaps you're here today and you're not following Jesus. And you've never turned to Jesus and received him in faith and believed in him and trusted in him and committed to following him. And if that's you, perhaps you're ready to talk to me after the service and I would love to talk with you. But perhaps you're in a place where what you need to do is simply in a moment quietly to yourself. And if you think this is crazy, then you're just thinking a thought in your own mind, and that's fine. 
But if that's you, then I would just encourage you to take a moment and just pray quietly something like this, because I know that God can hear you, whether you're sure or not. And that would be to simply honestly say to God, Jesus, if you're real, would you help me know you? That's a prayer God likes to honor. If you're who the Bible says you are, then would you bring me in too and let me know your love and your truth? That's a prayer God likes to honor. Now, for those of us who are here today who already do trust in Jesus, who are in the category of those Jesus is speaking to when he says this, I have a couple practical steps for you. One is I want to invite you and encourage you to this week, each day, actually physically open your Bible to Luke 10, 2, and do what Jesus tells us to do. Read it. And pray that God will raise up more workers for his mission field and that he would then use you in that mission. Pray that our hearts will ache with love for the lost who don't know Jesus and that God would draw them in. It doesn't need to be a long prayer, but make it a daily prayer. One of our Anglican diocese uh, where I used to serve in Virginia, their, their church planting initiative was known as L102 for Luke 102. And people in the diocese would set their watches or their phones to alert them every day at 10:02 a.m. to remind them every day to pray that God would raise up more and more workers who will faithfully go out in mission in Jesus' name. So Set your alarm for 10.02 to just stop what you're doing and pray for God to raise up more workers for his ministry, to pray that the lost would come to know Christ. Pray each day also that he would send you, whether that's terrifying to you or not, that God would put someone in your life with whom you can share the love and message of Jesus. So when someone asks you tomorrow, how was your weekend? You could say, you know, it was really fun. I got to see family or whatever it would be. Or you could just simply say something like this. How was your weekend? You know, it was really good. I really love my church and the way we worship Jesus. And see where that goes. Or at the doctor's office this week, say out loud to someone, I trust that Jesus is with me through this. And see where that leads. Pray that God will put someone in your life with whom you can share the message of Jesus. And then be willing to even just briefly mention Jesus in normal conversation with that person this week. I also want to invite you to join in each week uh, in what we call the war room, the chapel at the end of that hallway those that will gather uh, between the services during our spiritual growth hour. Join in praying each week for the mission that God has given us to do. Jesus says that there is a mission to be done. There's work to be done. There are dead who need to be raised. Therefore, pray. So we pray earnestly, asking him to do what only he can do. Jesus says, 
The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Amen.